Welcome to the Kingdom Life San Antonio podcast. For more information about Kingdom Life San Antonio, check out KingdomLifeSA.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. How are you guys doing? All right. Well, uh, Chuck was going to speak this week, and yesterday... I don't know, like one o'clock, my heart just started burning, and I'm like, I got to share. We got to switch this up. Um, so we had to switch up some stuff at home, like you're in charge of dishes tomorrow, and anyway, so it worked out. It's kind of overwhelming when you're in the middle of a renovation, you have three little kids, and you homeschool to take on anything else, but I said it a couple weeks ago, I can do it, I just need help, right? Y'all are quiet. All right, so... Um, what I want to talk about is, what do we do right now? Like, you know, and I think we've already been prepped so well tonight through, like, Zach leading worship and Brittany and um, what Chuck said and what you've said. But, like, what do we do with all of this? And even Ben's message last week about pain, I feel like God is just building and he's leading and he's guiding. And so tonight we're going to talk about Jehoshaphat. How many of you read about Jehoshaphat this week in your devotions? <laughs> How, anybody know where, uh, I'll give you a Starbucks gift card if you can tell me where to find Jehoshaphat without looking at your phone. Who's, no, Second Chronicles. It might be in Kings 2, actually. Second Chronicles. Who said that? All right. We're going to get you a Starbucks gift card. You need one for face painting, too. All the little kids' faces you painted at kickball. All right. So turn to Second Chronicles. You guys are super quiet tonight. That was awesome. I'm so glad you guys are here from South, what'd you say, South, South Texas? Yeah. Like the Houston area. I'm glad you guys are here. Second Chronicles 20. All right. Jehoshaphat. You guys ready to be encouraged? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to trick you. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Munites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. They came, they, then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from behind the sea out of Aram. And behold, they are in Hazen Tamar, that is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. Somebody say, good news. <laughs> so three countries are coming at you, Jehoshaphat. Anybody relate to, you guys are amazing. I gave them these so last minute. Thank you guys. Anybody relate to hearing some bad news? Hearing bad news, seeing bad news? But here's the thing that sometimes isn't, we don't, we speak about it a ton here, but you don't always hear about it in charismatic church is there's not a promise of a trouble-free existence when we sign up for this kingdom, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Awesome. <laughs> but take heart because I have overcome the world. I was in a meeting this week with um, a world changer. 
And they said, I'm so tired. And I knew that when they said, I'm so, they said, I don't know what's wrong, but I'm so tired. And they'd had a lot of, lot of really traumatic experiences happen throughout the week. And I looked at this person and I said, Jesus got tired. Because my point is, just because we're facing hard things or we're going through stuff or we're, it doesn't always mean that we're doing something wrong. And there was condemnation in the fact that they were struggling. They had dealt with some very heavy stuff and they thought, I'll never be able to go to the Middle East where I want to go and I'll never. And that's the devil. So just because we're facing problems, just because like Zach said, we're going through pain, it doesn't mean that we're doing something wrong. And religion is what has taught us that. Religion has taught us if you do this and you do this, then bad things won't happen. But Jesus breaks down the religion and he says, guess what? In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart because guess what? I am going to be with you and I've overcome the world. So this is our perspective as the body of Christ. We're not like, oh no, bad things are happening. I'm going to go hide under a rock. That's fear and that's, what, that's exactly where the enemy wants to take us in a season like this. He wants to take us into a place where we shut down because we're so afraid because bad things are happening. But we have the one who overcame the world inside of us. Somebody preach? So listen, yes, there is an enemy. And yes, there are bad things. And we're not... Like, we can't ignore this because if you ignore the fact that there's an enemy and that bad things are happening, you're creating a, a body of Christ that's, that's ill-equipped for the battle, right? Then Saturday morning, I was reading to the girls about Corey Ten Boom, and Chuck's like, you think this is a little much? <laughs> I'm like, it is a little much. But if I, if I don't teach my kids that that is part of serving Jesus, then I'm doing them a disservice. And it was awful. It was horrible to read, you know, to read about the things that her sister dying and that Corey Ten Boom went through. But it's a victorious story. You know, and then in the end of the story, it, it talks about how she was at a service and one of the soldiers came up to her um, that had abused them in the concentration camp. And he said, what a wonderful savior that he forgives me. And she was like, just taken back. And you know what? She had to access Jesus to come in and say, yeah, what a wonderful Savior he is. So how amazing for my five-and-a-half-year-olds to have an awareness of, you know what? When they hit trouble, it's not, that they, that it's not always that something has been done wrong, but it's that we've been given victory inside of us to overcome that. And here's the thing. Do you know where they were in this passage? They were in the promised land. But they still had to possess the land. Everything was not easy because their journey to the promised land was over. Because we have a privilege of walking out our victory over the devil each day on this earth. We can choose to live above his schemes and smoke screens. And it, it might feel like you're going backwards, but you're not. You're taking new land. Resistance actually means you're growing stronger. Resistance is what creates muscle. There are giants in the land, but we are well able to overcome them.
Do you know what creates muscle? It's stress. That's how we get stronger. All right, turn to James 1. And just keep something there because we'll be back. Brought my big Bible tonight. (laughs) Hebrews, James. Okay. I don't know if, Ben, did you read this last week or just referenced it? James 1. Verse 2, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may become perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. All right. So we've established that trouble and pain is not a bad thing. (laughs) Y'all still with me? All right, let's see, what did Jehoshaphat do next? Okay, we're going back to Second Chronicles. Uh, we're in verse 4. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the court. And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, art thou not God in the heavens? And aren't thou not the ruler of all the kingdoms of the nations? And I don't think in these moments we're necessarily reminding God who he is. We're reminding ourselves who God is. Power and might are in thy hand so that no one can stand against thee. Did thou not... O our God, drive out our inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, thy friend forever. Maybe he's reminding God, but maybe he's reminding himself. Hey, aren't you the God that delivered us before? Isn't that who you are? And they lived in it and have built thee a sanctuary there for thy name, saying, Should evil come against us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before thee. And cry to thee in our distress, and thou will hear us and deliver us. And now behold, so then, so then, sorry, he goes into telling God, <laughs> and now look what's happening. Three people are, three countries are coming to attack us. Let's skip down to 12. O, o our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we are powerless against this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on thee, or our eyes are on you. And all of Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants and their wives and their children. How amazing is this? Okay. Here's what I think is happening right now. And I've done it too. I think that a lot of the time we're pursuing information rather than pursuing the presence of God. I think we feel scared. We feel unsettled. We have access. I don't know where my phone is over there. We have these phones, and so we pursue information rather than God. Does that sound familiar to you guys? It's the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. You can start turning to Genesis. I think we crave information more than we crave his presence. We want information more than we want him. 
and it's a dark and dangerous place because we were created to be hidden in him. We were created for relationship with him, not just information. And we're going to talk a little bit about social media and it, it could be a newspaper. Like you can fill in whatever it is for you. It could be People Magazine. It could be a newspaper. It could be who knows. You know where you're at. But I, I was thinking about social media this morning and how, you know what? It gives us like this God-like complex because it makes us feel like we're omnipotent. <laughs> it's like struggling to say that word because you, you feel like you can be everywhere. Did you see what they're doing? Did you see what they're saying? Did you see? And so we, it's, it's like this taste. And I know there's so many good ways that we can use social media. You know what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. But it's like we see into people's lives. It could be the tabloids or whatever. We see because we want all of this information, which is exactly what Eve was after in the garden. She wanted to be in the know. But we were never created for information. We were created for our creator. So we get lost in all of this all-consuming information, and we need to know what is the fruit of it. We are so anxious. Do you know how many conversations I have about anxiety? And I'm not saying every, there's so many things. It can be chemical. I'm not putting it all on this, but I'm just saying this is one area that for some of us would eliminate a tremendous amount of anxiety. Because it's the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's I need to know about this. I, I mean, bless the junior high kids that are going to junior high and knowing what other kids are doing that they're not included in. We weren't designed to handle that. And you know what else? We can't really manage what comes up on our feed. You know? I mean, anybody see stuff in the last week that you're like, yeah, I don't know if my heart needed to see that. We're living in information overload, and it's, overlo it's overloading our brains and our emotions when we're designed to live from our spirits. All right, Genesis. You guys okay? <laughs> Thanks for the sound effect. Sorry, I haven't, like, preached from my Bible in a while, but I, I do like it. Normally I print it out. All right. Genesis 3, verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, For the fruit of the tree of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of a garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You surely shall not die. For God knows that in a day, in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she also gave it to her husband with her and he ate it. And then both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they, made sewed, they sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves loin coverings. So the enemy has been using this strategy since the beginning. 
what he's trying to convince us is that God is withholding something from us. But in Psalms, it says that he can withhold no good thing from those whose walk is blameless. He can't even do that. And when we, and you, and some people say, well, I'm not blameless. Well, if you're under the blood of Jesus, then you're blameless because we're living in the new covenant. And so therefore he can withhold no good thing from us. When you hear those lies, when you start to feel that, and in social media is probably the number one place where it comes up in my life. Like, oh, did God forget about me there? Am I the only one? That's the enemy because the Lord can withhold no good thing from you. We obviously, we do want to know, we want to know the times and the seasons, but it shouldn't be in like an obsessive, compulsive way. And the information should come as we abide in God and not apart from God. God knows the information that each of us can handle. So I'm just saying don't slip out of the place of abiding. Obviously, we can't, like Chuck and I aren't building a bunker, you know. I mean, this is we're supposed to be here. We can't just totally slip away from it. But I think we do have, we are, you are the only person that can steward your heart. God never will. He's not, that's part of how he, why he created us the way that he has. We get to choose. No one else can manage your heart. And no one else knows what's really happening in there and what you can handle. So it's a disservice if we, actually, I'm just going to skip that part. Okay. Are you all curious? It just, it's not bad. It just doesn't sit, fit in that spot. So I think the question is, okay, what is our fruit? Do you feel anxious, fearful, and hopeless? And I think we've addressed this, but we're just going to go there. Even, we're going to talk about social media again, but when people encounter your social media, do they feel loved and do they feel drawn into the arms of a loving father? Like, what's the fruit of our, even our social media? So I saw something, I think it was last week, about vaccines, and there, there, it's not anybody that goes to our church. She, she's somebody, an author that I follow that lives in another town. She's Catholic, so just don't even be like, who was that? And, and anyway, she, there, she was saying, you know, her case, which we got cases on either side, we're not talking about what's right, what's wrong, whatever, because nobody really knows. We don't all know. Anyways, uh, so her case was for vaccines, but it was so shaming. It was so like, if you don't get this vaccine, then you're being selfish, you know? And I have seen that case over here, you know? If you get the vaccine, then you're going to shed and you're going to like. So anyways, this whole thing about vaccines, like I know some people in this room that have them, some people that don't. And we are all under the blood of Jesus. We are all in the kingdom. And when we talk on social media, we shouldn't be bringing shame. We should be bringing the love of Christ. And we all have our opinions. Some of us don't know what we think. Some of us know what we think. But I, I want to see the fruit of social media, the fruit of our lives as Christians that's bringing people into the kingdom, bringing people into the love of Jesus. Um, okay, can you just show this slide? 
Um, don't you love it? I just do these fancy slides for you guys. Okay, because here's the thing. We, the first thing is we decide that we want to be godlike. And we don't, we don't say that, I want to be godlike. And you know what I'm saying, not godliness and stuff. But we want to be like God. We want to know all the things. And it's super, super subtle the way the enemy does it. And the next thing is we make a choice. Obviously, even when we sin, God doesn't leave us. But we make a choice like Eve did in the garden. I'm going to disconnect from you and I'm going to make my own choices right here. I'm going to gather information. I'm going to be God-like. I'm going to gather information, and then I'm going to make a choice that's outside of my covenant with you. And then what happens is we feel shame. And then from shame, we operate in blame. And I'm just saying that I, I want to see the shift in the body of Christ that we get out of this cycle. Because, you know, whether you get the vaccine or not, it's never your job to shame someone into a decision. That's not your responsibility. You're free. You're so free. You're so free. It doesn't, and you know, don't get caught up on the vaccine, but that's a very good example, right? Of like, okay, like I know, and I have opinions, and, but they're not on social media. Because it's, there are things that you do out of relationship, and what God's saying to me about this issue may be different than what he's saying to you about an issue. And I have space for that in the body of Christ. So, okay, this is my challenge. Then we're going to jump. We're going to keep going. But um, I just, today I was like, I feel, and I never do this, but I feel like I'm supposed to challenge us to fast this month. And for me, I was like, I'm just leaving Instagram off of my phone for the month. <laughs> and that can be whatever you want it to be. That can be, um, Diet Coke, that can be whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. But um, because I want to go into, like, how we're supposed to press in in this time. So it's going to come together. Y'all might be like, you're all over the place. Does it feel like I'm all over the place? Okay, because here's the deal. When we seek God before we seek the information, then we get the best strategy the first time. We're going to get into a lot less mess when we seek God, like Jehoshaphat did. The first thing he did is he gathered the people, and they fasted, and they sought the Lord, okay? So what's God saying in our current battles? And I do feel like sometimes we need to fast because it's turning down the volume on one area so that you can hear God. It's not in religion, and it's only there. When, you, when I fast because God's calling me to fast, there's the sweetest grace on it. It is not striving. But I do want to encourage us that there may be one area that we have to turn down for a month to press in to get his heart for the kingdom in this season, in the intensity of the moment that we're in. To find out, God, what are you saying about my current battle? What are you saying about Afghanistan? What are you saying about the border? Because, God, there's so much hurt. And I know that you have solutions, and I have to tell several other things to be quiet so I can hear your voice. Okay? Van's with me. All right. Because religion, you guys, is when we have a strategy apart from relationship. There's no life on it. There's no breakthrough, and there's no fruit we're getting a strategy. We're going after a strategy, but it is in him. Because we are with him, and we are with him in heavenly places. So far above all of this. So we're encountering God for the breakthrough, okay? 
<laughs> and sometimes all we need to do is to be still and know that he is God. To cease from our striving and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. We are in a, for such a time as this moment. And it's easy just to think, man, things are getting worse and and it is bad, yes, but we have such an opportunity as the body of Christ if we'll stop fighting on Facebook. <laughs> just stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> we win. We win. We already won. We don't have to fight. We won. Okay? <sighs> okay. <sighs> okay. We're going to do some, gosh, I think this is Hebrew. So the Hebrew word is rafa, which means to sink to relax, to sink down, to withdraw, to let go, to refrain, to, to let alone. And I think that's what we're talking about when we choose to put a phone down and to come into the Holy of Holies, to come into his presence. We're letting go of our own strength because we're, we think we're so strong on our own. But then we're struggling, aren't we? There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of things happening because we're trying to do this on our own, which is religion. It's going back into the place of religion. Yada means to know by experience. This, and this is important because it's the power of the testimony. Every single one of us in this room that knows Jesus has testimonies of when he's delivered us. And when that fear comes knocking, when the enemy comes trying to say, he's withholding something good from you, you get to pull that out of your back pocket and say, no, let me tell you about this. And let me tell you about this. And sometimes if there's too much loudness and too many other voices, before we know it, we're sucked into what the enemy's saying. And we're convinced that he's withholding good things from us. We have to feed on his faithfulness. Jehoshaphat acknowledged who God is in the midst of his prayer, didn't he? Are you not the one that delivered us? That's the mission that the enemy's trying to disrupt. Since the garden, is that really what he said? He's trying to confuse us and, and help us get so distracted that we forget who God is. This week, start to meditate on what are the ways that God has been good to you. All right, back to 2 Chronicles. I guess y'all all have it on your phone because I'm not hearing many pages turning except for Kelly. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, let's skip. So basically, a prophet gets a word from the Lord. So we're going to skip down into verse 15 where it, where it says, Thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. And this is huge right now because there's so many uh, areas where fear is driving the ship. And we as the body of Christ, as kingdom people, we have a whole different M.O., we don't have to be driven by fear. We've been delivered from a spirit of fear in Romans 8, right? Right? We delivered? 
All right, this is the word of the Lord for them. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in the front of the wilderness. So they got some intel. There you go. Let them know where they're going to be. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites from the son of the Kohathites, this is really helping me with my phonics. And the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with a very loud voice. So that was heaven's strategy, which now, obviously, we're in the New Testament, and we all get to hear God, right? This is the prophet speaking, and he's saying, be still, that the battle belongs to the Lord. Sometimes it's harder to be still than to be active, right? When God gives you a strategy, there's hope on it, and there's life on it. I don't know if I want to go into this right now. Um, I will. I will share it. I shared a little bit of this last week. Um, so when I was praying about Afghanistan, we were on vacation, and I was like, Lord, again, like just seeing it and, and seeing all this going on and like, Lord, okay, what do we do? Like how do we pray? And the Lord led me to read about Stephen. I'm like, wow, well, this is dark. <laughs> Not really. But anyway, so we're going to read. Let's go over to Acts. And what the Lord was saying to me <laughs> is, is to pray over people in Afghanistan. And, yes, we pray for the rescue and for the injustice and for, you know, all of those things. Yes. But he was saying for the, over the believers to pray that they would be like Stephen, that they would have the boldness and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit come upon them. So let's, we're just going to skip to the end of it. This is when Stephen was getting stoned. And I think we're in a moment in the body of Christ where we have options as to which way do we want to go. And we're going to read and I'll explain that. Uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 55. So they are coming after Stephen about to stone him to death. And it says, But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven, and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing Jesus wasn't even sitting for this. Jesus was standing to welcome Stephen into heaven. Because Stephen was being a friend of God. Like Jesus wasn't just welcoming Stephen as a follower. He was welcoming a friend. When someone comes to your house, you don't just sit at your table and say, come on in. You go to the door and you welcome them in. And this is what Stephen was doing. I mean, this is what Jesus was doing. Behold, I see the heavens, we're in verse 56, opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and they covered their ears. They didn't even want to hear this. 
And they rushed upon him with one impulse. And when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they went on stoning Stephen. And as he called upon the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And having said this, he fell asleep. Okay, will the body of Christ, when Jesus looks down at this time in history, will we be saying, Lord, don't hold this against them, or are we throwing stones? Like, what are we doing in this moment in time that God has given to us? And how are we stewarding this? And are we living, like, Stephen was already in heavenly places, Are we living here? Are we living in heavenly places? You guys all right? Okay. So here is what happens next. I love this part. So we're still in 2 Chronicles. Where did my water bottle cap go? Boom. All right. (laughs) Guys, this is a good part, okay? Y'all aren't mad at me? If you are, it's okay. I'm just going to tell it like it is. Okay, verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord. And this is what I'm saying right now. I'm saying, listen, I get it. Like, Jehoshaphat's like, hey, yeah, three countries are coming after us right now. But put your trust in the Lord and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. So he's not saying that after things have been buttoned up and they're over. He's saying that when they're being pursued by the enemy. That's different, right? And when he consulted with the people, he he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. As they went out before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. As darkness is encroaching on them, they're saying, give thanks to the Lord. There's something in that, guys. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Do we just trust God when he's doing what we want? Or can we trust God? Even in these moments. And then, and and when they began, sorry, verse 22. And when they began singing and praising the Lord. Oh, listen to this. Okay. When they began singing, just picture the veggie tales of this. And praising the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. And they had come against Judah, so they were routed. And the sons of Ammon and the sons of Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So they are literally just having a worship service. They're praising Jesus, and God has the armies begin to attack each other until no one is left. Because the battle belongs to him, right? When Judah came to look out at the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and behold, there were corpses lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. And when, we'll get, okay, we'll come back to this part. 
You know, in Psalms 8, it says, Through the praises of children's and children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. But here's the important part. Was praise and worship a part of the strategy that God gave them? No. It wasn't. When you go back and look, God just said the battle belongs to me. Praise was their response to who God is. Praise wasn't the strategy. And they chose to praise before the battle was over. Because true victory is when we can praise him before we see our desired outcome. And I feel in this time, like, we have this opportunity, like, to minister to the heart of God in a unique way. You know, like, God can feel pain, too. Have you thought about that? Like, we have this opportunity, and I started thinking about it last week on the way to church, and I just was tearing up thinking, like, man, like, because I'm God's friend, And that's what I want to be known for. I'm a friend of God. And I was thinking about my friend God and thinking, oh, my, like, how his heart must hurt. Like, seeing his children make the decisions that are being made, you know, and people that obviously don't know him, but God cares about every single life. And I thought, I'm excited to go to church tonight to love on him. Like, we actually can do that. Like, we can come here and we can get God to minister to us, but we can minister to him. And what a privilege, right? And we can look at God and say, oh, this must hurt that this is who you are to me, God. And this is how you've saved me. Which is such a privilege, right? Like, what a sweet time in history to love God. And we get to love him when everything isn't going, looking rosy. And we get to love him when we, you know, the things that you guys encountered on the trip, we get to love him because we get to love on people that have been hurt. Like it's actually a season where there's an abundance of opportunity. We get to love God by saying, here's some money for Afghanistan to rescue people. Like, we have so much opportunity right now, and I just don't want to see us waste it fighting on Facebook. We have, like, this, we aren't omnipotent. We have, like, this finite amount of time, this finite amount of energy, you know, this finite amount of resources, whatever. And I know we live in abundance, but we really do. And so if we are taking our time and we're spending it here, we're going to miss it. And that, you know what, there's so much freedom in that. For you, it might be being in the prayer closet, worshiping God. For you, it might be going down to the border and handing out supplies. For you, it might be sending money, making money, (laughs) making a bunch of money and sending it to Afghanistan. So it's not this limiting thing of there's, you know, you're missing it or whatever. It's not. But it's just, but it's also, we are the only ones that can steward our time and the only ones that can steward our heart. And what a season that we're living in, you know? All right, verse 25. This is the last uh, verse we're going to read on this part. 
It says, And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things, which they took for themselves, more than they could carry. And there were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. This is actually the kingdom that we live in. In one day, they went from being attacked by three different countries. One time, Chuck laughed at me so hard because what did I say? Mexico. What if Mexico, Canada, and what did I say? And he thought it was so funny. But no, really, it's a bad day when three countries are attacking you, okay? So they went from this is how their day started into the next day. They end up with more spoil than they could carry. It took them three days to gather all of the fruit, Are y'all with me? Because we're created to bear fruit. No matter what things look like in this world, we have been created and hardwired to grow fruit. When you plant a garden, though, um, weeds actually grow faster than fruit. So we can choose to get very distracted by the weeds, or we can choose to root ourselves in the Lord. And actually have a really fruitful season. Because God wants us to emerge from this season, this time in history, with more than we went in. Like he takes us from glory to glory. God doesn't want us to walk out of this season with less than we came in. He wants us to come out with abundantly more. So when we face resistance, we can actually get excited. (laughs) Because it's an opportunity for God to show himself big. Seek him knowing that he is a good father and that he's already accomplished the victory. And I just think that we're in a season where we can either add to the pain or we can bring some solutions to it. We can bring something that it's like... One of my girls just got stung by a bee, and somebody brought her, or I was like, somebody get lavender. So, so Ashlyn had lavender, and so she got lavender. Like, that was a way, like, she was, that was relieving the pain. Are we doing that as the body of Christ? And like I said, there's no condemnation in this. And you know what? It, what it looks like for you will probably excite you and fire you up. As long as you're not comparing And getting all mixed up and being worried that he's withholding good from you. There's actually something in this very season in each one of us that's living in Christ that makes us excited. Like I told, uh, I mean, the whole team, but I just, even the Mexico team. I don't know if you noticed, but they came back with something they didn't leave with. Well, (laughs) okay, I didn't mean that. But grace, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We'll preach on grace. No, I'm just teasing. Anyways, no, but you guys know what I'm saying. Y'all don't know why they're laughing. Like I looked at Zach when he came back, and I was like, I told Chuck that did something for Zach. I told your wife that the other day, going to Mexico. Not COVID. Um. 
Because I do, I think that's the, I know that's the kingdom that we live in. When we step into those places and we, when we encounter a problem, when we hear bad news, we tuck ourselves into his presence, we find his presence, we get that strategy from heaven and we get to co-labor with him. And what started out as a problem actually bears a ton of fruit. Are you all good? Are you all okay? That was awesome. And I just had this thought in worship. Like, what if this very hour is primed to be the body's most fruitful time yet? Like, the opportunities just are abounding. Right? Y'all know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, And so I just, even as we, like... Part of what I'm trying to communicate, and we're going to go back into worship and we're going to sing another song. Or we're going to sing that song again. What I'm trying to communicate is as a body, okay, I get, like, what do we do? What do you think about the world right now and the political systems? And um, what I'm saying is as a body, the first thing that we do as kingdom life is we worship. And we're not worshiping for a strategy. We're worshiping in response to who he is. So that's the very first thing. We cut out all the noise and we worship. And then, guys, together, we get strategies from heaven and we go demolish all the plans of the enemy. Okay? Do you all feel in trouble? Do you feel hopeful? Like, okay. All right. So we're going to go back into worship. And I just want us to keep in mind, like, tonight, as we go throughout our week, tomorrow as we come back, that we get this opportunity to soothe the heart of God. Like we get this opportunity to touch his heart and to access him. He's our savior. He's our Lord. He is our father. But he also wants to be our friend. And there's nothing he desires more than intimacy with you. And the Lord has made himself vulnerable to us which is the first stage of intimacy. And when we, when we don't come under shame, we get to access, you can hear him, we get to access this place in God's heart, and there is nothing like accessing that. So let's use our energy, let's use our talents, let's use our resources to pour into this place, Okay. All right, well, Lord Jesus, we love you, and we worship you, and we thank you, Lord, that, God, that there is no situation that you can't bring victory to. And, God, we we just ask that right now, Lord, that you, Lord, we want to bless you, and we just ask that you would lead us and you would guide us as not just even kingdom life, but the body of Christ as whole, Lord, that you would lead us. To bring, to bring your heart to this world in this time, God. And we thank you, Lord, just for heavenly resources just coming, Lord. Just the ease of finances, Lord, that we can sow into places. And God, we thank you for strategies from heaven to bring breakthrough. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, just for the most, for the biggest harvest of salvations that we've ever seen. And God, we declare over this season that it would be fruitful. <laughs> and God, that you waste nothing. And so, Lord, we just come into this final time tonight, God, and we just say that you're worthy.
And God, we lift you high above all of these things and we exalt you above any other problem, above anything that this world is facing. God, we exalt you because you are always worthy and you are always good. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website at kingdomlifesa.com for more podcasts, updates, and events, or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have a blessed day.